Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to PartTimeFunnyMan.com. I'm the familiar face, Corey Ryan Forster. And with me, I assume that all of, well, I won't say all of y'all. Of course, there's going to be that one random that isn't hip to everything. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of you know, this is my good buddy, Brent Terhune. You may know him from Twitter as, I'm going to give a name to your character. Okay. Okay. Guy, <laughs> guy in truck who looks like he stinks saying stuff that is dumb with glasses on. <laughs> Did you just read a comment from one of below one of my videos? And, and here's the thing. I don't think that you look like you stink, mm -hmm. but when you have that particular backwards Colts hat on. Yeah. The, this one. So I'm not trying to run a gimmick on you, but no, uh, do it. This, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, but this hat, <laughs> Uh, I, the, I cut the grass in this hat and I've probably yeah. had it for 10 years and I know it stinks. And one time I heard Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, or somebody said he never washed the Borat suit. Yeah. <laughs> so I just don't wash this hat ever. So that's wonderful. Go. That's a wonderful yeah. reason. But that particular, I remember that particular style of NFL hat when it was popular. And if you see someone now wearing that hat, you know, that they stink. <laughs> like you because yeah. it's a very old hat yeah but when you you don't look like you stink but when you put on the glasses and that backwards and it, the fact that it's colts is just wonderful <laughs> i'm just like i can smell this asshole yeah and i've gotten when i would my, uh when i would do videos at my mom's house her garage was a clusterfuck and but it was also kind of by design to do videos in it yeah and people i there'd be so many comments be like uh i could smell this garage <laughs> what a funny comment well i want to get in actually to your characters in your comedy but before that please plug uh your stuff if you don't mind yeah uh brentcomedy.com is my website but uh i just uh, did an episode uh not similar but kind of talking with Corey on my patreon it's patreon.com slash brent comedy just five bones a month and by bones hmm. i mean dollars um you can support me over there if you want to, uh, and I do a bunch of I do three podcasts weekly and uh, some exclusive stuff over there on Patreon. So uh, I'll be over there, and uh, at least thanks for listening to this. Oh man, absolutely! Yeah, Brent is one of my good buddies. We've known each other for I don't know seven years or something like that. We have the same management, so mm -hmm. we're fucking tight. Uh, right, we both know the same Jew is what that means. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lovingly, lovingly, <laughs> lovingly, 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 but I've been a fan of Brent's, uh, for a long time. I love the dude. And we talked about this on the, uh, previous episode about you being a contributing writer for Bob and Tom. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew that. But I, but one thing I didn't know was like the origins of that. And like, mm -hmm. when you, when you, like, I wanted to be a comedian at five and I'm about to shut up and let you talk. I swear to God, <laughs> I wanted to be a comedian at five. What was your, like, this is what I want to do. And like, how old were you? And also was it, I want to do stand up, or was it, I want to be a comedy writer? Uh, from, I, I guess I, I like the feeling of getting that, that first laugh and the first laugh I remember getting was I was learning how to read. So I was 13 or 14 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that before, but uh, That's I like great. that. Use that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was learning how to read. So I was, I was learning my ABCs and I would write 
three letters on a piece of paper, show my mom, what's that? And she'd be like, that's not anything. And I got a laugh. And the the thing I showed her was the word ass. So <laughs> of course I started out blue from the jump, but of course. And then in eighth grade, we had like these, uh, the eighth grade yearbook thing of in Catholic schools. It's as big deal to go from eighth grade. And now you're going to the high school and I wrote my my yearbook type deal that I wanted to be a comedian or a radio DJ. Um, Very lucrative jobs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I went to school for radio. I was an intern at Bob and Tom. And if people aren't familiar, it's a syndicated morning comedy show. And some, you know, people, some people just can't wait to tell me that they don't like Bob and Tom. I'm like, yeah. cool, man. That's Who fine. Cares? But why would you tell, Hey, I, I write for Jay Leno. Well, let me but, tell you yeah. how I don't like Leno. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fine, man. It's well, here's the thing everybody. about Bob and Tom. You may not like them, but both of them at uh, one point have had like seven beach houses. So they don't give a shit whether you <laughs> yeah. like them or not. They're doing all right. Yeah, uh, and the, they've been fine. very nice to me. So not that they've been shitty to other people, but I, I worked with them. I'm like, yeah, these guys are nice guys. So, uh, but from that, uh, I did stand up, and I started when I was 16 in high school at my high school. It was my first time performing. I don't know if we've ever talked about that. That's my same story. It wasn't my high school, but 16. Mm -hmm. So you're another, you're another similar depraved individual that never had a shot at normalcy. No, it, and it was, uh, I always go back to a story I heard about Chris Rock and they're like, what jobs did you have before comedy? He's like, I worked at Red Lobster <laughs> and that was it. So yeah. I, I worked a couple of regular jobs uh, just through high school and college, but it was like, I've been very fortunate to just do comedy. And if you can live with my mom for longer than you should, that always helps your career, you know? <laughs> so, so you, you did, you were doing stand up. then it, it came to Bob and Tom when you were mm -hmm. at Bob and Tom did that sort of, I, I would assume like when I first started doing stand up, I wasn't really writing anything. I mean, I, I would take notes or whatever, but I was just on stage kind of like vibing, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And then you go to work at Bob and Tom and it's like, you're immediately in this crash course of like, I must write, I must write. Like you had to immediately see a change in your standup when you were getting paid to write and you had to sit down and be disciplined for it. Right. Yeah. Well, like I was the, an intern every day there for four months. And one of my other friends, Jeff Oske, who I knew had been doing standup and as it was a writer for the show. So I knew that this is a, you could get a job from this and I would like literally write for eight hours a day in college. Cause I wanted that gig so bad. Um, and it was one of those who are now, you know, sometimes as a stand up, you write when it, the moment hits you and I got yeah. something funny, but it's a whole different thing to sit down and be like, okay, let's make what the funny. Yep. And some You're days forced. it's, yeah. Some, some days it's like my wife will, be like, uh, it was a slow day, huh? Cause it'll take me two hours to do an hour of something of, you know, and it's just like some days I'm funny and some days I'm not, but, yeah. but you hope the days that you aren't funny are still better than some other guys days, you know? Exactly. I'm a very streaky person like that too. Like if I, you know, there'll be weeks where like I put something out every day, but it's very possible that all of those things I made on Saturday, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because like I get in that zone of just like, I'm feeling it today. 
And I know I'm smart enough now to know, like, I may not be feeling it tomorrow. So yeah. I really need to sit down and just hammer as much out of my stupid brain as I can, because mm -hmm. it's not like not to listen comedy. I, I don't like people that are just like, you don't understand what we do. It's just <laughs> no one else could do it. Like, screw that. I mean, it is difficult. Don't get me wrong. But like, you know, as Burr said, like, we're not, you know, we're not roofing in July's redheads or anything. Yeah. But it is something that, like, only there's a certain type of person that can turn it off and turn it back on. To me, it just, like, comes, and mm -hmm. when I'm in it, it's there I go. And when I, I don't feel it, I get nothing. I got nothing. Like, yeah. that's why it's really important for me. Like, once I've got an act on stage, even if I'm having a bad day, it's like, well, it's the, the act will carry me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm trying to create an act, I've, I really better be on today. Otherwise, I'm not, you know, going to be able yeah. to do this. And to put a little context to what you were saying, for those of you that do not know, because there might be some people that have like, well, I've heard of Bob and Tom, but you really don't understand how coveted Brent's job was back in that day because Bob and Tom the the only the the today's version of this is probably Rogan honestly Joe Rogan yeah Joe it's Joe Rogan but back then like there were comedians that I knew that would sell out everywhere or at least in the southeast and like the midwest or whatever those Bob and Tom markets there you know, the Bob and Tom markets they would sell out and they they didn't have a TV show they mm -hmm. weren't on Leno, nothing like, you know, Julie Scoggins would sell out. She was just on Bob and Tom, mm -hmm. you know, Tim Wilson was big on Bob and Tom and it was just, they were career makers for comedians. They would have, they treated comedian. I've never heard a comedian say anything bad about Bob and Tom mm -hmm. because he was like the road comics, two thousands version of Johnny Carson waving you over to yeah, the couch. So I mean, you when you're when you're writing there, when you're hanging out there, did you uh, did you always feel that appreciation from the comedians that they were like, "Fuck yeah, we're here." There were some of those, but then there were other types that would come in, and whether I would meet them at Bob and Tom or I would host at the the club in town a bunch, and you meet all times of all types of personalities, and some people it's just like morning radio is definitely something that. A lot of people don't want, some people don't want to, do, nobody wants to get up early. Nobody wants to. The job of a comedian is you do that so you don't have to get up early. Exactly. And I think Bob and Tom, they really want you still. And, and back in the day, they, they want you to do your jokes. They yeah. want you to do bits and other, other times people don't want to either do the jokes and burn and quote, burn the material. Yes. Or they just want to make it more conversational and and kind of hang out which is fine though there are shows that do that well too but when you look at somebody like uh greg warren a comedian like Wonderful. people the he, flute I, man flute like people know greg warren from doing that joke yeah. on bob and tom and of course he'll, he'll do he that bit is 20 years old or whatever it is but yep. he'll do that bit at the end of his regular sets because he knows people come out and yep. it's like if Radiohead didn't play Creep, you'd be a little bit pissed off yep. that they did. So he's like, he's a brilliant comic and and still works and writes and puts out specials. But then he knows that people will come out. And I'm like, God damn, I wish I had a flute man. I want a flute man. You know, yes, like I do too. And I think about that all the time because like there's, you know, I don't know, you're kind of balancing this thing where like where you're like, damn, uh, I know people want to hear it, but I also know there's going to be some people in the crowd 
that go, I've heard this a million times. And even if it's only two people that think that, you give them uh, more attention than you do the 300 people that want to hear it because you're like, I don't want to disappoint anybody. Mm -hmm. And in comedy, like, you know, me and Trey have talked about this all the time where it's like, man, it'd be awesome to have a hit joke. Like people have hit songs and they live on that song forever, Mm -hmm. but you don't really have a hit joke. Like there's not like, like Ron White had tater salad. Sure. But people aren't sampling tater salad and putting it in movies to where he's, he's got to do that shit. Yeah. And eventually that kind of gets old, but I, I, I feel that it sometimes like, I'll go up and I'll do like, I made it a point this year at Zany's. We filmed a special last year. I said, I'm doing brand new, all new material. And I did it and I was super proud of it. And it was, it was great. There are still people that are like, why didn't you do the blah, blah joke? And they're talking about a joke that was on an album five years ago. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, do hot pockets. Yeah. And I, and I, I just want to tell them, I go, I wish that everybody was like you Mm -hmm. because if everybody was like you, Oh, I'd be riding that same shit for, Ten mm-hmm. years, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's like, and but then I, I'm sure those people that have gotten those bits are like, man, I wish I, wish I wasn't the blank blank guy. Yep. But I'm like, man, sometimes you want to be the blank blank guy. You want to be the whatever, dude. But it's different, you know. You, I mean, yeah, I'm sure that Gaffigan has probably had that thought with the hot pockets thing until he goes to. Uh, he looks at his sound exchange from just from Sirius that pays for his flat in New York. And he's like, hot pocket. <laughs> what, what do you need me to say? Yeah. You, that's that thing. It's, yeah. And, but then he'll, he's written probably eight more hours of comedy oh, since then. So it's great. And it's great. Like it, it's wonderful, but like you always have that if you need to, you know, back, back up in it. But you, you mentioned earlier, by the way, you said, you know, the first laugh you got was from writing the word ass with your mom. And you go, I've been working blue ever since, but that's <laughs> not really true with you. Like you've, and and I mean this in a respectful way, you, you've cursed while we're talking or whatever, mm-hmm. but on stage, you're not filthy at all. I mean, I'm not saying that you won't let a couple things slip, but you're mm-hmm. not filthy. Do you think that that comes from, well, I was writing for Bob and Tom and it just kind of got conditioned out mm-hmm. of me. More so the the when I first started open mic, the rule at the, the mm-hmm. local club was don't say fuck. Yep. And, and there were so many people, it, even before I even did stand up, I was like, well, how can I be funny without fuck? Yeah, right. But there are so many people that you, if you just didn't have that rule, You'd have you got people's grandmas coming out to the show to see so and so do stand up, and then if if every other word is fuck, it's it's there's no word economy with open micers usually. Of course, so every other word would be fuck. So from the jump, they you they they took they took fuck fuck from me, Corey. They took yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then just I was like from a young age of comedy wise, I had good people to look up to. And they're like, look, dude, you can work everywhere clean. Yep. It's so much harder to take the dirty out and still remain funny. Yep. But you can always add it in later. Yep. So did Greg Warren tell you that? uh, He was like, sometimes fuck is the word. And because he'll have a few fucks in his act as well. But Sometimes the the thing I, I I'm like sometimes a paint you don't tell a painter to not use a certain color but sometimes blue is the right word yeah you know sometimes the the tool you know a hammer is the correct tool to use 
but it's it's like um you can't say fuck on late night, but now of course late night's not the make or break thing that it used not to be. Not even a little bit. No, but it's also I just try to write as clean as possible, and then I could add it in later. But then, with that being said, I'm no prude. I, if you, funny is funny, so of course, I mean it's just you want to be yourself. You know, mm-hmm. the, the most important thing about being on stage is being yourself. And with a guy like you and a guy like Nate Bargatze, for example, like I, that guy does not cuss in his real life. That's mm-hmm. that is the type of person he is. And me, I curse a lot and I know it's not mm-hmm. good, but I mean, I'm 35. It, there's I have changed a lot of things about myself in the past couple of years because of therapy. But I don't think the fundamental way of which I speak is something that is going to be easy to change, especially yeah. when I speak for a living. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like when a golfer is on tour and he decides to change his swing on day two of the Masters. You're not going to see that. They're not going to change <laughs> their shit on day two of the Masters. They're like, I'm going to do what got me here and then we'll work on it in the offseason. Like, mm-hmm. this is just how I talk. And it definitely held me back because we didn't have that rule at the comedy catch really, but Alfano would be like, I would be doing open mics and he's like, you know, he's like, you're funny. I'd love to, uh, uh, put you up as an MC in here, but every other word out of your mouth is to quote Bill Cosby, flim, florn, fucking filth, you know? And, and I, and like, I was so young and stupid. Like if I'd have been older and been like, I'm living on my own, I need to make money in comedy. I'll okay. But I was so young and arrogant that I was like, no man, I got into this to be a fucking renegade. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do exactly what I'm going to do. And to my credit, I have done that, but then it it took me 18 years to be successful (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of just don't say fuck ever as tim wilson i think tim wilson said to me some sometime he goes uh he goes fuck needs to be the punctuation not the predicate you know what i mean <laughs> and i mean and i mean tim cursed a lot but he earned it at that point you know yeah but it's you know it's whatever but i respect you for that because you're not you're you're a clean-ish comic but you're also not billed as a clean comic because there's yeah. difference there's a difference between like because Bar- Bargatze's not billed as a clean comic. No, and neither the, is Jim Gaffigan. Exactly. You know? Neither is well. Seinfeld says, "Goddamn a lot." There's several guys that Brian Regan. He's not billed as a clean mm-hmm. comedian. Everybody just knows it. And for those of you listening that don't understand, and I know that me and Brent are immediately on the same page. There's a difference between a comedian that works clean and a comedian that's billed as clean. Because a comedian yeah. that's billed as clean, not always. But often what that means, I'm just telling you this for your viewing pleasure, often what that means is the only really good thing about this person is that they don't curse and we can take our church people to see them. You yeah. know, that's that's the draw is, oh, it's clean. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to get hurt uh, over the course of an hour, you know? Yes. The only and- exception that I know is James Gregory is truly brilliant and amazing and he's billed as a clean comedian okay i'd have to think about who is like pushed as a clean comedian because i guess the quintessential one would be brian regan but he's not nobody's like clean comedian brian regan it's exactly regan you know but there's certain people like james gregory if he's coming to the comedy catch it's usually billed as clean comedy Mm -hmm. but james gregory backs it up and i'm and i'm not gonna sit here and i'm not the guy that mentions names because listen 
I don't shit on people that yeah. are, if someone has done a terrible thing to me or somebody else, I'll shit on them. But like, if your mm -hmm. only crime is doing a thing that kind of annoys me, mm -hmm. live your life. I don't care. But like, for the yeah. most part, if I see someone like he does clean comedy, I'm like, mm -hmm. uh-huh. Was it good? And they're like, no, but he didn't cuss. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Then I'm like, well, then, you know, I could watch a show and a drama and be like, well, they didn't swear either. Yeah. And I laughed the same. <laughs> oh, that, le that leads me to a question that I didn't even have prepared, but that's something that's always befuddled me to use a, a word that I don't really know the mm -hmm. definition of that. It's always befuddled me. Like when I was a child, my mom, if we went to watch a comedy and there was cursing in the comedy, that was no good, mm -hmm. but she would watch the Sopranos and that was fine. And I would always, she, like, I remember we, my mom and she, by the way, uh, y'all know the people on this Substack know my mom now. She's not a prude anymore. She grew at. She's one of the rare exceptions to the rule that, like, as she got older, she got cooler. Mm -hmm. It normally don't happen that way, but she did. Like, yeah, she'll take a weed gummy, she'll drink, she'll cuss now. <laughs> but back in the day, like, I remember we had to walk out of the theater during Forty Year Old Virgin because my mom was like, they're cussing so much. Whereas then we would get home and everybody would be around watching The Sopranos, and I was mm -hmm. like, I was like, mom why i don't what what's going on here mm -hmm. and she's like and and i put her on the spot and she's like why, what do you mean i go why is it that in a comedy if someone cusses you think it's vulgar but if it's in a mob movie you're fine with it she's like because that's how mob people talk and i'm like that's how that motherfucker on stage talks that's yeah. how people talk people curse you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like most people at least sometimes curse and it's mm -hmm. never met. But I think that humanity is like that in a drama. Something's not crass, but in a comedy, if you cuss, it's crass. It makes no sense to me. And no, not one person got curb stomped in the 40 year old virgin. <laughs> exactly. But exactly. Like, what would you rather your kids see is a guy's teeth be scattered all over the floor of a diner or yeah. somebody getting waxed? Yeah, no, some, like, somebody made a great point on Twitter the other day that there was a lot of people apparently complaining when Jesse in uh, Breaking Bad used, they were like, I stopped watching the show because yeah, he, bitch. yeah, it was that. And he called Walter the F word of slur for homosexuals. Yeah. And they were like, I stopped watching it after that. And it's like, that character's a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Like he shoots people and deals meth. You saw all in real life. If you saw somebody that did all of that, you wouldn't accept it. You wouldn't even get to the point where you heard him use the F word because you would have already said, fuck him. So, yeah. like, the character yeah. is a bad person. Bad people say bad things. Leonardo DiCaprio had to say the N word in Django because, mm -hmm. honestly, it would be weird if a slave owner was just like, hello, African-Americans. Like, <laughs> yeah. That would be insane. And and, it, and it's also good that we're we cringe at certain words now. Of but course. Also, we we definitely like I've done clean shows, and you could look out in the audience and be like, "This is a room full of people that say fuck." Yeah. But yes. the lady that booked it doesn't want to lose her job. Yep. Uh, so she said, "Be clean," and that's what I was hired to do. But I've yep. had people come up and be like, "Man, you were funny as a motherfucker." Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool, man, but. Clearly, you guys don't care about content. It was the one lady, but it, it's that weird thing of sometimes you can meet a person and whatever word you say, you could. It's like they got hit with a fart. They cringe, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. "How does how does this hurt?" Yeah, right. Like, I get maybe you don't like it, but it's also a word. So, 
we were talking earlier about uh you, well actually maybe we were talking on the other podcast excuse me i'm getting my time switched the, the up. one on my patreon the one on his patreon <laughs> which is a patreon.com slash brent comedy yeah yeah look at me i'm look such a you. good i'm such a good host larry king over here <laughs> dude i sat next to him on an airplane one time mm -hmm. uh, it was before he died naturally okay and that'd be fucked up but, it was but just no, like we got to get him back to we, yeah just they just had the coffin perpendicular <laughs> on it wasn't long before he died and i knew it like I, yeah i texted everybody and i was like y'all larry king's about to die because <laughs> i sat next to him on a plane and uh yes for those of you listening i fly first class on occasion Look and he the dude, kid it was it, he was on his phone the whole time and really? had his fingers were that of birds. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he just didn't, he had barely any skin over his bones. Like you could just see his bones mm -hmm. and he was just sitting there open mouth, just stink coming from his mouth. Like it's, he wasn't even breathing. It was just like the stink. It's just old man breath. Yeah. And it's like where he didn't smell bad. He just smelled like, well, he did, it wasn't a stink. It was mothballs. It was a musk. It was a musk. Yeah. It was a musk. And uh, it was a really cool experience. And I'm happy to say that, like, I didn't fuck with him at all. Mm -hmm. I didn't say Mr. King because and the only reason I didn't is because he looked like if I patted him on the shoulder, he would fall apart. Dust. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> just complete like I would have killed Larry King. <laughs> uh, but anyways, what I wanted to get to was and by the way, you tell me when you need to wrap it up because I could talk to you. Forever. I'm good, man. Yeah. So me and you both. I think aside from having, you know, we both started at 16. We both have the same manager. Um, we both wrote for Bob and Tom. Not true. <laughs> Brandon. I did. But like, we also have another thing in common in that we both are known, not fucking, you know, like insanely, but like mm -hmm. we're both known for a specific character on Twitter, both yeah. of whom's kind of popped around this i say around the same time you pop first and then i leveraged your pop to help me pop i don't i don't well, mind saying that let, uh, we have both trey crowder to think yeah. <laughs> as all yeah i sit i sit in the house that trey crowder built right now uh and i thank him for it but so everybody well i say everybody but, but most people know my origin story with buttercream dream somebody sent me the belt i had this idea yada 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 here we mm -hmm. go but you were you someone that did characters before and if you don't i mean you don't mind you can explain to them what the character is that you yeah, do yeah. but but were you someone that did that before and was like oh here's another idea or was this your first foray into doing a character because i genuinely don't know yeah i would uh, the first character that i did it was a creation of my brother and i thanks for bringing him up uh he died just some people i love it <laughs> the uh, i had i had my notes over here don't bring up brent's dead brother for the yeah. love of god i think he was on the same flight as larry king <laughs> you could have texted me dog. uh but it, uh, we were i was working construction with him when i was in eighth grade i worked the summer the the spring break for a full week because i wanted to buy my own computer yeah. And uh, we're we're on like a scaffolding. What kind of computer? What kind of computer? It was a Dell. Okay. Yeah, um, those are huge. And uh, we're, we're on the scaffolding of a building. It's an old church that we're turning into a house. And uh, we just started talking in a voice. 
uh like a new jersey kind of the this uh fucking uh this accent right here which is yeah. i don't know if it's even a good accent but this is the character's voice uh, yeah and we I made like up it. the character of my uncle frank who it was a combination of uh, uh, mostly my dad uh so but we you know you didn't say my dad because we could do the character around people and not get it, exactly um, but it was a, a, an amalgamation of people in my family um, and it, like the first thing, like we did uncle Frank at a strip club and he'd be like, uh, dance. And he'd be like, Hey there, tits, how you doing? Like call a woman tits, <laughs> tits? Like, yeah. you know, like, the most crass shit. And I, I've still done that character and I've gotten away from it. And it's, it's definitely not, Hey there, tits, how you doing? But it's like, we created a whole family and did all the voices. Yeah. Um, so that was like a character. And then like, that's the thing with that I, you know, I don't have with a lot of people anymore that you get with somebody like your brother or family member that yeah. you could, I could go, I could do the uncle Frank voice and he's doing the Vinny yep. voice. That's his brother. And we could create a whole situation without saying anything, you know, improv. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's that was a, an early character. I did another one called Jonathan peepers who was a <laughs> blind comedian. <laughs> that's on my first album. Um, and the whole idea with on tour records with on tour records. Yes. That's it. We have the same uh, record label too. There another thing we have in common. Um, and I would, I would do the character. He very much looks like a blues brother. Yeah. And yeah. I would go on stage and have somebody bring me up. And now I don't know that this would fly anymore to pretend to be blind. I don't think so, but no. please do it. Yeah. Uh, but then like, I would have somebody bring me up on stage and for about 90 seconds, I would face the wrong way. <laughs> but then the, the character was an asshole. He's not Such likable. cheap hate. Yeah. Yeah. He's not likable. And like, he'd, he'd like, I, he'd be like, I have a show in Vegas called three blind mics. It's me, Stevie wonder. And I don't know who else it was and he's not blind, but he's got diabetes and that's close enough. Like just sh like, Shit, kind of like hard edge shitty jokes. Yeah, right. Um, and then I did Coney Danza, who was a hot dog comedian, and I, I will dress up in a hot dog suit, and it's just hot dog puns, you know. Um, how long did you go? Like, how long was that set? About five minutes, and I, I like <laughs> that's pretty impressive for just hot dog jokes. Yeah, like the the one that I wish I had written, my friend Isaac Lanford wrote it. And it's now it's become the closer for the character uh, is like, everybody's so PC nowadays. Uh, you gotta say, uh, you gotta say, uh, you can't even, I'm fucking up the joke that I didn't even write. Okay. Everybody's so PC now nowadays. You can't even say mustard. You gotta say condimentally challenged. <laughs> so, like that i wish i wrote that joke because it's just funny and it's like who he's like you could say that because when am i gonna say exactly challenge you can't that's the can't best be for anything else you know when you have a friend that doesn't do comedy and gives you a bit it is mm -hmm. the greatest feeling in the world because if you're if your comedian buddy gives you a tag for something there's this like well damn i gotta at least tell everybody they gave me the yeah, tag yeah or like, and me and Drew have done this. Me and Trey have done this. It's like, well, now I got to write a tag for their joke. You know, we mm -hmm. got to trade. 
But when your buddy who he thinks of something so brilliant, but like there's no way it's going to matter when he's working logistics the next day. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you can go, hey, man, it really only works in my hands. And of course, they're <laughs> they they for the most part, they're like, please use that, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's don't... like I wrote for so and so. You know, you yeah. Yeah. Like... And like and like, don't don't you don't have to say from stage that I wrote every now and then I will. Like if one of my buddies comes up with a true banger, like if they're there, yeah. I want to be like, yo, that was Robbie because my buddy Robbie <laughs> dude my buddy Robbie when I was in my teens like so much of the shit that I said on stage was just shit that Robbie said that mm -hmm. I repackaged like I took his would be the the ramblings of a lunatic and I would go how do I construct that into jokes it's all Robbie shit but like yeah. so I wasn't really a comedy writer I was a comedy gatherer you know like mm -hmm. I was just like this these are what you're an aggregator people. I was an aggregator I was the fat Jew before the fat Jew <laughs> yeah. but it was all my friends you know I would never steal from another comedian but if mm -hmm. you don't think if you're just my friend I will steal everything from yeah. you and probably and, some of the funniest people that you know aren't comedians yes I'm so glad that you said that because it's something that I really want to get into but Brent do you do you have time to go a little bit longer yeah I can give you 12 more minutes 12 more minutes 12 more minutes cool let me pee and get a beer and then we're cool. gonna close this out with talking about, and I'm gonna edit all this shit we're gonna close this out with talking about funny friends I cool. can't wait yeah this is the problem of hanging out with you Brent it makes me want to drink a beer and then I have to take three piss breaks uh so let me ask you this. Just I'll ask you a couple uh, spitfire questions uh, mm -hmm. and just answer me. Are you the funniest of your friends that you went to high school with? Yes. Oh, damn. Okay. Are you the funniest person in your family? Yes. God damn it. You fucking piece of shit. You're giving me nothing because well, my answer to both of those is no. Well, <laughs> when you don't have a lot of family. <laughs> yeah right the funny one died the funny one died no uh i but i i you know i've hung around comedians and we're all trying to be the funniest and one up but i tend to laugh more with my regular friends than yes. my comedian friends yeah because when you're with your comedian friends everyone is trying to get their shit in mm -hmm. you know like even if we're at a diner like if me you Trey, and you're at a diner the whole conversation it turns into a podcast that isn't recorded. Yeah. And everyone like there cannot be a sentence that someone says without another person there going, how can I make at least a pun out of what they said? Like at yeah. least a pun. We're never off. We're always on, you know, at mm -hmm. least with each other. Like we're always on. But like, I found like my, like I said, my buddy Robbie, like, dude, he says some shit that I'm like, that's the most brilliantly funny thing I've ever heard in my life. If you, if you wanted to have gotten into, if you started at the same time that I did with your brain, mm -hmm. you would be way further ahead of me. And he would be like, probably, but I don't want to do this. And I'm just <laughs> like, I'm so fucking jealous of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you can just be funny and it don't matter to mm -hmm. your self-esteem. That's crazy to me. It's, it's not tied to your self-worth that day. Or your mortgage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or your fucking mortgage. Uh, it is one of those things where, like, maybe Robbie is super funny, but could he, could he then stand on stage in front of people? Maybe he's he's pretty yeah. confident, but it really does come down to discipline. Like, mm -hmm. it's not who's the funniest; it's who goes. 
I'm going to be funny professionally. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, like Janet Williams, you know, Janet, Janet told me that mm-hmm. a long time ago. She's like, son, it ain't the funniest. It's the person that's willing to put up with the bullshit. Yeah. She's like, you have to be a special type of person to enter into this, look at all of it, realize it's not in any way what you thought it was and go, I still want to do this. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of people who are funnier than anyone, you know, did that and went, <laughs> no, absolutely I'm not. I'm good. Right. There are, there are plenty of people that will say Kevin Hart's not the funniest comedian. Right. And uh, whether you agree with that or not, but I'm um, like, your grandma knows who Kevin Hart yep. is. My grandma don't work knows harder. who Kevin Hart. Like, it's it's the one thing is just be around long enough and yep. be ready when an opportunity comes and work your ass off. Mm-hmm. And he does. Like, you know, I I get people that are like, oh, Kevin Hart's first couple specials were great, and then and I'm like, and then what? He signed a six uh, special deal with Netflix and had to do a new one every eight months. It's not his fault. He, mm-hmm. he grabbed a bag, dude. Like you don't know how long you're going to have this opportunity. Yeah. Like you cannot find him funny, but if you disrespect his work ethic, I have no time for you at all. Yeah. But then he was also one of the biggest movie stars second yeah. to the Dwayne rock Johnson. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's yeah. crazy as a, as a five foot two black man in America, mm-hmm. it's a amazing story, Kevin Hart. Cause I remember his first like premium blend and I was a fan. Like I was, I liked, I I'm not trying to be a hipster, but I did when he blew up, I was like, I fucking been, I've been on this guy. Like mm-hmm. I knew, you know, but like, you could just tell this is a guy that's like all I, I just gotta, it's not about who's the funniest. It's who's going to stick around. You yeah. know what I mean? And he, he did it. Yeah, and then, then you, you know, eventually you could have people help you write or be in movies yep. or be in commercials for the bank when yep. you don't have shit to do with the bank. <laughs> like, just in Chase commercials. Why yep. is he in them? And, uh, or get a, get your own shoe. Why does know, a comedian have a shoe? <laughs> it <laughs> makes like, no sense, but he does. Mm-hmm. I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to ask you this, speaking of that, uh, speaking of being in it for the long game, how many times do you think, and is there any that you can remember specifically that you thought, I'm out, I can't do this anymore, I uh, I, I got to quit? Once a month, every month. <laughs> dude, me too. <laughs> me too, dude. And I'm doing fine. We're both doing fine. Mm-hmm. And you still go, God damn it. Like, I know what it took to get here, and I don't know if I got another 12 years in me. And it's, well, and a lot of it is you see somebody got something, that you probably would have liked to have gotten, but you had no have. shot. Yeah. No, yeah. Sh- or you had no shot, no chance. You didn't even make the right emails or phone calls to even get the thing. But the yeah. fact that somebody else got the thing and I didn't get shit, and it's you, 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 we're all we all want. So we're, we're if you if I got something, you'd be happy for me and vice versa. Of course. But also we'd be like, God damn it, God damn why it. didn't I get <laughs> that? You know? Yes. Especially <laughs> because me and you are definitely going to get very similar specific shit. Yeah. Like any anything that I'm in the run for, you could potentially be in the run for, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like we're yeah. a we're both different, but we still fit a mold, which is just barely attractive white men. And I mean, we talk world, a certain way, yeah. you know, and the world's got enough of that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? 
Yeah, like, but if if Kevin Hart got a new thing with The Rock, I'm like, yeah, good for him because exactly. I was never up for that, you know. Exactly. But, exactly. But if I got a new thing with The Rock, you'd be like, are you shitting me? God damn it! I Why have <laughs> two hundred thousand more followers than this dumb fuck. How is this happening? And you find that that shit doesn't really matter. It not it, at all. None of none hmm. of it. None of it. I, it. It's the thing is, is that it is. You have to. I. I uh, I'm not. I don't like to name drop, so I'll only say the first name of this person. Mm -hmm. That way, nobody can accuse me of name dropping. But my friend Whoopi, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my friend, <laughs> I love that line so much. My friend, <laughs> my friend Whoopi. I uh, remember we were talking after a uh, sold out show. That doesn't matter to the story, but it's a detail <laughs> that I like to share. Sold out show in Brooklyn at the Bell House. She came, uh, Whoopi. Uh, it could be he. Who knows? Just Whoopi. And she, uh, they came to the show and we were talking afterwards and they were talking about how happy they were for my success because they loved my book and they sh uh, put it on their show. I won't say what show it was that they had because uh, I don't want anybody to know who but I'm talking about. But people had views on it. They had They're... a lot of views on this <laughs> show. So many views. And uh, and and she was talking about how great my set was and like all you know, good, good work, great to capitalize on this moment. And I was just like, you know, I've been I've been really lucky. And she's like, that is true. That is true that you've been mm -hmm. lucky, but it takes luck. But if someone gets lucky and that person isn't prepared for that luck, their luck will last 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. But if you're prepared for that luck, then that's all you need. She's like, no amount of hard work can surpass luck. Luck is you have to have luck. Yeah. But in order to actually make it, that luck has to be backed up with years of training for that moment mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and kevin hart did that shit yeah he was ready when when the luck came and there and there you go one last question brent before we get out of here first off plug your shit again uh patreon.com slash brent comedy i do three different podcasts weekly one's a horror movie podcast one's pop culture one's a general chit chat us us girls chit chatting I love that. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, but before you answer, I'm going to predict your answer. Mm -hmm. So if you could not do comedy anymore, mm -hmm. or if you were 16 and someone said, hey, man, I, I, I know you want to do comedy, but it's illegal for you because you look like an orphan. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> what what would you be doing? And I'm going to guess. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say. Civil War history professor. <laughs> well, uh, I'll drop. I'll name drop, but I only dropped the first name. My friend Ulysses. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I would uh, if I didn't do comedy like that. I this it would be adjacent to comedy. I think if in hindsight, I would have gone to like some kind of film school, yeah. and learned how to write movies and stuff i kind of know that now but not really but it's like i would uh learn how to make movies and and create stuff that way because now i've had to play catch up with learning how to do videos and write shit on my own but if i would have done that since 16 i'd be here now but yeah. different you know so talking to me about movies yeah yeah I, that and so, I would the horror genre mostly, but I like all kinds of movies. I would love to see a you written horror movie so bad. Like I can, mm -hmm. but I can't decide if I want you to do like Tucker and Dale or if I want to hear your actual like no fucking do horror. You know? Yeah. 
but I would like that. You're an interesting dude in that. I don't know many people who's like horror is their shit, but mm -hmm. I love that. I respect that about you. I respect a lot of things about you, Brent. You're one of my greatest buddies. You're one of my favorite people to talk to. And I really appreciate you coming on here today and talking. And I think we should do this more often. We should do this. And I think we will. Okay. Soon. Oh, well, uh, but I yay. don't want to name drop, but my friend, uh, Corey and I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's always good to hang out and, uh, it is some, fun. you know, we don't live in the same state and almost different time zones. So sometimes doing this kind of stuff is my friend time. It, it really is though. But like, I do feel like we've hung out for an hour, you know, mm -hmm. like it feels the same and. But I don't have to do that awkward thing of being at your house and slapping my legs and going, well, I got to get out of here. Well, I just have to click a red button and tell you to fuck yourself. Yeah. You know, and, uh, if I could. Well, uh, <laughs> and, and I slap the button as I <laughs> slap my own knees. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. And uh, I know we'll do this uh, in the future. Absolutely. Good to see you, buddy. And thank you all for listening here at parttimefunnyman.com. Hell yeah, buddy. Cool. That was fun. Well, I'll fucking see you later. Uh, what's, uh, what's